Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 10, and we find these words. For we are his workmanship. That's translated in the New Living Translation as masterpiece. For we are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Everyone say good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What does it mean that he before ordained? It means that he designed us to live out the word he speaks into us. And he foreordained the world to run on his word. And so he foreordains each one of us to do good works according to the living by his word through us. Amen? So that is what it means to have God, make a masterpiece out of you. Would you pray with me? Jesus, each of us come from different walks of life, different ages, different backgrounds, but your hands are upon us all. I see the fingerprints on the people and the precious saints in this room. And I ask you to bless this word as it is already anointed because your word is anointed in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's so good to see all of you. Thank you for being here for our third anniversary. Aren't you glad God works in mysterious ways, uses hotel rooms and uses people to set up and tear down and create a space for God to move, amen? How many trust that God's moved already? You sensed him, you felt him, you knew he moved, amen? That was cover for a drink of water. (laughs) One of the highest honors of an artist is to be considered and regarded a master. Artists desire to create artwork that will be remembered forever. That is an extension of their life, that when they're gone, their work lives on, amen? Some of the most famous works are recognized all over the world, but you may be stunned by what is considered a masterpiece. Even more stunned I pro- you would be by the price tag it would take to acquire one of these masterpieces. Such as The Last Supper by Leonardo da Vinci. It was painted in 1490, in 1495. They finished somewhere around 1498 on the back wall of a dining hall at the Dominican Covenant of State Maria del Grazi in Italy. Can't, you can't buy something that's painted on the wall, Amen. It's not possible. It's one of a kind. There are no, there are replicas, but you can't buy the original because there's only one original. And you could possibly frame a replica. You could look at it. You could realize its beauty, but the original is priceless. Amen? You can't tell me today that God doesn't have priceless works of art in us, that we are not his canvas and he is literally 
painting strokes of different things into our life that though we may not like the color at first, he has to make a mess sometimes to make a message out of us. And so then he creates through all those different colors and overlaying, he makes a beautiful, on our canvas of life, a beautiful masterpiece out of our life. I'm grateful that his hands are involved in my life. When Job, yes, when Job could not find God, he said, I looked to the left and I could not see him. On the left hand where he works, I looked to the right and I couldn't see him in mighty power, but he works on the left hand in my weakness. So I know that if I'm in a moment or a crisis and I can't see the mighty hand of God working on my behalf to pull me out of my situation, to heal my body as quickly as I want it to, I can look on the left hand and see him working a masterpiece in me because I want his hands on my life. Amen. But priceless is the works that he does in us. One day, if you were to buy this particular price or piece, if you were to buy a replication of it, you could appreciate the beauty of it the way that the walls slant backwards and the black wall in the back and the, and the scenery out the back of the hills, the rolling hills, it's all been carefully thought out. It's brought to attention lately as people have seen some controversial things inside the picture. They are looking at different aspects of the picture and it's the night where Jesus was betrayed. It's called the Last Supper. It is a great piece and I'm so grateful for great art, but I am even more grateful for the great artist who gives us the ability to create great art. Amen? So we heard about it in the spoken word for a little while. Are you glad that God wanted you and is making a masterpiece out of you? Are you glad that he, are you grateful that he's still working and hasn't given up on the art in your life? He's got an art form, and in sometimes he works in mysterious ways. But I can tell you this, when he's done, you're going to be priceless. Somebody said amen. For 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 says, For we are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. He is the owner of the masterpiece. Amen? Amen. Most famous painting so far to date is that of Mona Lisa by Leonardo da Vinci. The Mona Lisa by Leonardo da Vinci is one of the, the paintings, the most famous paintings in all the world, most recognizable paintings in all the world. The, the painting that has had more poems, more songs, and more, um, more stuff <laughs> written about it than anything else. It has been held in the museum in Paris at the Louvre. It hangs in Paris, but it actually is in a case behind... <laughs> unbreakable glass there is special lights and special guards everyone say priceless when something is priceless there is a special light that needs to be put on it when something is priceless there are special guards that need to be put on it and I want you to know that the light of God has come to men and because we are his masterpiece he gives us a special light of revelation from his word he gives us a special light oh I'm glad about that amen he gives us a revelation that through his word we can walk because his lamp is a light into our feet amen and it guides our past special guards we are need we are needed to be guarded we are we are needing to have the full armor of god in our life because we are priceless amen no one is allowed to get close to even touch the frame of the mona lisa you cannot touch it 
It is all under special shadowproof glass. It's because it's one of a kind. It's the most valuable painting considered in the world. They don't even have a price tag on it because it would never be sold. It couldn't be put in the open market because you just can't sell something that's an original. Amen? And we are an original. Amen? And you just can't sell something that's original. That's why the Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. Because when you start to live by the truth, the truth manifests itself in your life on your canvas. And while you're living out the truth, you cannot sell out to something that is less than truth. Amen? I know the world doesn't like the word truth anymore, but it is still in the English language. So if there's truth, then there's untruth. And I want to live by truth. I don't want to buy anything else and sell out what God is making in me. Amen. Because he is the artist that's crafting my life. It wasn't just, it wasn't just a painting. It was carried around with da Vinci everywhere he went. It's 99% of all things that are written about it are including the artist who wrote it. And even now, there is something known off of that as the da Vinci syndrome. He wasn't just an artist. He was a brilliant man. And I don't know, I don't care about his spiritual standing at the moment. I'm just talking about his intellect. His intellect was far superior to many of his day. He carried around this painting. They believe the portrait was Lisa Gherardini, the wife of Francisco del Gordiano, or Giacondo. Somebody bought a condo. Amen. Hallelujah. See my tie. Tie my tie. So he carried it around while he was doing his work and he kept it with him because it was that important to him. I'm interested to know about the intelligence of this man because what happened in, in the latter years of his life was interesting, but also the fact that the man could write with both hands simultaneously. He was able to put a hand with pen on one thing and put a hand with pen on something else and write two completely different things going on because his brain was so advanced that he could see colors and palettes and different things that we just could not pick up on. And that's why his paintings are so so amazing and people are so drawn to it is because the intellect of the designer who painted it. Amen? And sometimes people are drawn to your God not because they know how to read a Bible or not because they know the God you serve at all, but they're drawn because of the masterpiece at work in your life and the intelligent design of God who's working that nobody else could Oh, I wish I could preach this morning. Nobody else could have brought you out of what you came out of. Nobody else could have done what God did for you. But because they see your testimony, they know that there's a designer on this bigger than you. And God is the masterpiece maker. And I'm glad to be under his brush. I love serving him because there's nothing like being his handiwork. There's nothing like having the masterpiece maker be your master. Hallelujah. The heavens and the earth declare the glory of God, the Bible says in Psalms 19, 1 and 4. And the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. How can a day utter speech, I ask you? It's because God spoke a day into existence. And the day exists on his word because his word is in a one-time deal. His word is eternal 
eternal sustaining because his word will never perish. Amen. So when he speaks to you, you have to understand that reverberating vibration of energy from his word literally holds you together and makes you what God wants you to be. You have to understand this. We can stop into science and prove it, but we don't need science to prove it. All we need to do is have faith in the word of God. There is no speech nor language where this voice is not heard. There is a line that has gone out throughout, through all the earth. And their words to the end of the world. Understand, this word is not a momentary thing. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. How awesome. How bad to the bone. is The good kind of bad to the bone. Is your God. When he can, with his words, create a dwelling place for the sun. Hello, somebody. He can create a tabernacle, a residency for something that hangs on nothing. Hallelujah. Do you understand the God we serve right now? Do you understand the God I'm speaking about right now? The message that was created in the beginning when we were formed of God, when God formed us, he created the worlds by his word. Amen. He spoke it into existence. And the reason why we're still spinning and haven't crashed into something else is because he's sustaining this world till the time when he said it's going to change until he speaks anew again and said, let's go get Get our children, for time has now come for me to be returned to the earth. He will sustain the world. Amen? So the first thing I need you to understand is, number one, we are God's canvas. I've already hit it. Adam was the perfect picture of a perfect masterpiece. But in order for me to explain that to you, I'm going to have to go to fifth grade science class. Is that okay? You okay with fifth grade science today? Underneath here is a table. Can you hear it? It's made of wood, right? And I, I, I think that a lot of scientists in the beginning must have been dudes because they always tried to break things down. Hey, can you break that? <laughs> so f for me, it just seems like probably was a bunch of guys going, hey, hey, how much can you do before that breaks? <laughs> but underneath here is a table that's made of wood, right? What is wood made up? Break that down. What is wood made up? Cellulose. What's cellulose made up? It's made up of atoms, correct? What's atoms made up? When you break that down, protons, neutrons. Yeah, right, right. Electrons, exactly. Good job. All of you went through fifth grade math, uh, science. That's awesome. But then if you break that down, what does that break down to? Something known as a cork, right? Do you know what a cork is? It's a vibrating vibration. Do you know what sound is? A vibration. Everything that we have, now I have to explain it to you this way. You can believe me or you can't. You go search it out in the Word of God. Go ahead. That's fine. But this is the way I framed it in my mind when I studied the Word of God. Eternity is moving faster than time. Is that okay? Can I make that statement? Because the Bible says, and I dare you to get a fresh revelation of this, that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. How many have heard that verse? So when we live, when, when we live a thousand years, God lives a day. God's moving faster than we are. He goes a thousand years when we go a day because we're moving slower than he is. Do you understand what I mean by that? Okay, so when, when you look at things that are taking place in our natural world, you have to realize how God speaks. And that's what I'm getting to. So this table is actually atoms and molecules that have been slowed down so that we can interact with it. 
Understand? If you take Einstein's theory of relativity and I were to pick up this table and apply his theory of relativity, how many know what that is? E equals MC squared. How many know what that is? Okay. E equals energy. Energy equals matter, and the C represents the speed of light times or squared. So if I was to pick up this table, and I had Hulkman strength, and I was able to throw this table at the speed of light times the speed of light, the equation says that that table will turn back into energy. You see what I'm saying? It'll turn back into its, for, its, its foundational organizational structure, which is vibration or energy. So whenever we look at the world, we understand that in Hebrews, God said everything was formed from that which is invisible. What, how is it possible that things can be formed from that which is invisible? It's possible because of the word of God formed it. His, the vibration, the sound of God's word formed everything. So everything we have, you may not see it or sense it, but there's atoms moving in it and things are moving slower. So God slows down everything in time so that we can interact with it. Amen. So he creates the possibility. Now that's deep. I know. And I'm sorry. And I'm maybe not doing a good job for you, but I'll tell you this. It's very interesting that whenever we are handling the word of God, that we don't sometimes recognize that this is the very thing that makes us. This is the very thing that creates the realities that we live in. The word of God is the very thing that sustains everything we see, do, and hear. Do you understand that? So what I have to make sure that you understand is while we live in reality, God's word speaks reality. Do you understand what I mean by that? Let's talk this through for just a minute. Let's go on a little, another little journey real quick. What we speak about is we speak in symbols. Our language uses symbols to represent something. Our language is not the something we're speaking about. It is a symbol of the something we're speaking about. If I say... Reese, you've got a new car in the parking lot because Reese happens to have a new car. Now, I don't know that's true, but Reese might have a new car, but he, I don't know that. But I'm just saying as an example, if I say, if I say Reese has a new, do you have a new car? No, okay. I was going to be prophetic for a minute, but now I just turned out being pathetic. What happened? What happened when I said Reese has a new car in the parking lot? My sentence is symbolic of something that's out in the parking lot. If we were to leave here, go out to Reese's new car in the parking lot, you'd say, oh, his sentence was a symbol of what was a reality out in the parking lot. But for God, his words are never just symbolic. Have you ever been on a vacation before and you've been to someplace great and you've seen some amazing things that God has created and it just inspired you? And you were like, wow, God made that. What a masterpiece. And you come home and you're trying to tell people about your vacation and you're like, oh man, you should have seen it. It was like a whole other planet out in the Badlands. It was like, it was like, it looked like a moon crater and stuff. And people are like, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, cool. Can I get back to work now? And you're like, no, 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 no. You're not getting it. It was awesome. It was like we climbed up these rocks and they were like cratered and it was, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Ours, awesome. That's right on, man. And you're like, no, 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 no. Really, you're not, what are you trying to do? You're trying to give them an experience through words that are only a symbol. You can never have an experience just through words. Words have to become the experience, amen? So what happens is God, when he speaks, he doesn't speak in symbols. He literally speaks in reality. So I asked somebody, what is God's language? Well, we're Americans, right? God speaks English. <laughs> so we think. For, Nor for Norma, he speaks Spanish. <laughs> Gloria a Dios. <laughs> but 
If you ask a Jew, they say, oh, he speaks a Hebrew, you know. God doesn't speak a language. He speaks reality. So when God said, you have a new car in the parking lot, if there was no new car in the parking lot, Reese just got a new car in the parking lot because what he says is reality. Like I've showed you before, like if God said that speaker was white and it's black, it would actually turn white because that's why Hebrews says that God cannot lie. That's why the scripture says it's impossible for God to lie. Now I'm rehearsing what I've already said before, so I know you guys have heard this, but I just want you to know that that's the power of the word of God. So how does that come to us, in us, to us, through us? How does that happen? It's whenever we get in the presence of Almighty God and he begins to speak to our spirit because God speaks spirit to what? Spirit to what? Spirit to spirit. Now, how do you get from your spirit into your mind what you're supposed to do if God's speaking to you or from your spirit into your heart so you can feel what you need to do? There's different ways that we learn. Some learn kinetically, amen? You have to feel it. If I don't feel it, I'm not doing it, amen? So his workmanship create, often speaks to us. And so what happens if, you, if you're a, a, a visual learner, God will speak to your spirit, and if you go to prayer, he will give you a picture of what he wants to do. How many are visual learners here? And you know that God gives you vision. Without a vision, the people perish. Amen? That's from the word of God. How many are, um, are auditory learners? Any auditory learners in the room? Okay. Guess what? When God speaks to your spirit, you know what the first thing that happens for you? You see words in your mind. As you pray that through, you feel words. If you're a kinetic learner like me, I'm a very feely kind of person. Whenever God speaks to me, I get a feeling. You know how I get my sermons? The title. Thanks, God. That's awesome. Way to go. <laughs> You're a title man? Well, all right. Uh, we're in good company, me and Reese. We get titles. That's all we get. So I got, a, I got the title, Making of a Masterpiece, like four weeks ago. I, Lord, help me if I'm telling the truth. Three weeks ago, maybe. But I think what happens is when that, when that type of learning takes place, what I do, then I go to prayer. If I've got a title and that's all I've got, but I got this feeling that I need to tell somebody on anniversary Sunday that God's not done working on you, that God's not finished with you yet. Don't get upset with the colors and the brush strokes yet, but let God continue to work because God uses things you wouldn't expect him to use to make you into the masterpiece he wants you to be. I, I, it's dumb, I think, but I have to share it. My phone malfunctioned, and I, I was on call for a, a funeral home that I was on call for, and I missed two families that called in with needs. I missed two families, and, and it was like when I woke up the next morning, I, I was like, oh, no, I am so fired. <laughs> and I called in and I said, look, I don't know what happened. I was at the Apple store for three hours trying to get my phone to work right. I had a bad download of 8.1, and then my phone wouldn't function properly, and I don't know if it rang and I didn't hear it or if it just didn't ring. doesn't seem like it rang because it was right by my head. And so I went and got a new phone that next day, and I was like, hey, I'm trying to fix this. And they're like, we don't care how it happened. It just can't happen. We're taking you off the call list, and they haven't called me back since. And I was like, I felt so, I felt so, um, down about it because I felt like I had not been dependable for them. And being dependable is big to me. And so I was like, man, what is going on? I don't understand. And, and I felt like God was speaking to me through a message that I was watching where he told me and the, the word came from the man and it came through him to me. But it was like, did you think that your job was what provided for you? 
things. Because what happens is God puts us on this planet, surrounds us with a bunch of stuff, and he is so smart, and he is so wise, and he is so ingenious that he uses all the stuff to woo us to a communication with him. And if we don't communicate with him on a regular basis, he'll let some stuff get out of sync so that we're like, oh, we need to go talk to God about this. And guess what? That was the point all along. The reason we're here is not to acquire as much stuff as we can, to acquire and fix all the things that are broken. The reason we are here and the reason we go through some things is so it draws us to a communication relationship with Almighty God. So please stop asking God, what do I do and where do I go and who should I marry and when should I do this and what should I do when God wants you to ask him, what do I believe and who am I in you? Speak to me because I must live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Not by bread alone. It is written in Matthew 4 and 4. So God makes us his masterpiece by his word. I want him speaking over me. How about you? I want him speaking over me. How about you? Because what he mentions becomes manifest in my life. And so God said, don't worry about the job. I'm taking care of it. And he's taking care of it. Because that's how he rolls. In order for him to do his work, in order for the work he is doing in us to communicate to the world, we have to be committed to hearing what he communicates to us. Why is it so important? Well, I'm glad you asked, and I'm trying to wrap down. I'm glad you asked. Why is that so important? It's because when he says something, he wants it to come to pass in us. So sometimes God gets silent because we haven't tried to live out the word he said last. And if we will humble ourselves and pray, we will be refreshed by the Holy Spirit of what God told us to do last. And if we go and do that, he'll begin to speak again. Because if he tells us to do something, we say, I don't want that. What you just told him is, I don't want God's reality. I want my reality. And so when you speak of God and his work in us, remember that if he's not talking to you, you might be asking the wrong questions. Or you might not be listening to what he said last. Is that okay? That's the hard part. But I would like to just tell you that I believe the report of the Lord. <laughs> I don't need a doctor's prescription to tell me what I am or how I feel or who I am. I need the report of the Lord. Isaiah 53, 1 and 5 says, Who hath believed our report? Or who, to whom hath the arm of the Lord? Or to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Do you see what he's saying there? He said, Who hath believed the report? Or who, and he backs up that question with who has the arm of the Lord been revealed to? He's saying, if you believe God's report, you will see him work. Oh, hallelujah. Is that not awesome? 
So what happens is we have to understand that God's word is not just this book, but, and in careful, I, I say it carefully, but we have to match it to the book. But God's word speaks to us, and he wants us to process it through his word and through prayer so that we can get the vision or we can get the word that he wants us to live by because it becomes our reality. Before, I can go back and tell you that when Abram was called to leave Ur of the Chaldees, when he was called out and he was sent, the Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Abram. Did, did this Bible come to Abram? No, the word of the Lord came throughout all of Scripture. The word of the Lord, the word of the Lord came unto the word of the Lord. And it's not this. Abram, go into a land for which I have not told you. Abram, you need to leave. That's what we think, the word of the Lord. But the word of the Lord has to be something that we interact with from God alone. It's not just our Bible, and though we have to anchor to the Bible, we have to realize that the Word of God is Him speaking and giving us. So now my thoughts are the words that have been prayed into being in my life, not just my own intellect. And my desires of my will are now from the source of His Word and Spirit. So therefore I don't sin, but I live unto righteousness because my desires don't desire the things of the world anymore. I desire the things of God now. And if you need that word, process it. And now because I have him living in me both to will and to do, I don't have to try really hard to live for God. I get to live for him out of the source and the power of his word. And he is racing through eternity slows down and speaks into my time and gives me a reality that I can see and live by. Would you stand with me? I hope that's enough today. I pray that that, hurts, that doesn't hurt too bad, but it also cuts enough to where God does surgery and God helps you. But I want you to know that God's word is so powerful that he can speak a report into your life and he can say even though the doctors say it's not good you you can have peace because when he says peace it's not that you are needing to to then receive the peace it's just that you have to let his reality be your reality so when he says peace he's actually given you peace and god is the greatest communicator ever in in the history of communicators uh, there was a friend of mine who was um, observing a sermon. He was sitting behind a guy that was on the front row. He didn't see the guy. And there was a prophetic utterance that was going forward from a man who was very anointed of God. And he walked over and he said the weirdest thing he could ever think that a, that a you know, person that's being used prophetically would say. He looked at the guy in front of him and he said, I believe the Lord wants to call you Jeffrey. And that's all he said. And the guy had a name tag on that said Jeff. And so he said, he looked over and saw his name tag. He's like, oh, that's profound. Woo-hoo. I believe the Lord wants to call you Jeffrey. He got it from his name tag. You know, he said, you never process spiritual things while you're judging. You have to let your spirit be open to spiritual things. So what he said, and the guy just dropped his head and put his hand like this and just started weeping. The day before, he works in a child care area. 
And this one kid just kept on annoying him and just annoying him. And, and his name was Tate. And he just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love Tate. That's not true at all. I, I love the kid. I was just making the joke to keep you pulled in to this conversation. And so what happened was this kid kept on bugging him and bugging him and bugging him. And he had his, you know, he, he was called Jeff there. And he's like, can I call you Jeffrey? He's running around, can I call you Jeffrey? Can I call you Jeffrey? Can I call you Jeffrey? And the guy finally goes, you know what? The only people that get to call me Jeffrey are people that love me more than anybody else. And the prophet stops. And the most amazing and unique communication from God is said, I believe God wants to call you Jeffrey. See what happened there? That's how God speaks. He speaks to you. He speaks to me. He makes a masterpiece out of our life. Sarah, if you dim the lights, I want to pray. Now we don't know. We don't know what God wants to do at this moment right now. But if you say, speak to my spirit, Lord, would you speak to me? I believe that God will give you a precious word from him. He spoke to us earlier in this sermon and he said that if we would be intimate with him, that his word would be what would guide us. And I, was, I want you to know that intimacy takes work. It takes conscious effort. So if you would find a place to bow your knee and if you would take a moment to be intimate with God, I believe he would speak to you today. I want him to make a masterpiece out of me. Jesus, would you, in your glory and in your power, would you speak into this place? I praise you because you spoke into my life. I'm here not because of anything that I could do, but because you spoke into my life, God. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody needs to appreciate the masterpiece worker. Come on. Put your name on us today, Jesus.